Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one. Awesome. Well, it is a privilege and an honor to be here. I know we're still in revival. Um, I know this for a fact because every time I hear somebody talk about the services, they're still multiplying. We started out with 28, then went to 32. Now people are saying we're at 45. I don't know how many we've had, but they are multiplying. Every time somebody gets up here and talks about them, they're multiplying. So that, that is a great sign that we are still in revival. <laughs> Lord Jesus, help us. We serve an awesome God, amen? amen? Well, if I can get you to turn to 2 Samuel chapter 6. For those of you that I have not met yet, I've met, uh, you know, they, our first Sunday here, they put us on the Connect team and to meet new people. <laughs> so everybody was new. We met a lot of people. I welcomed you as new visitors, and if, I, if you've been here for 30 years, I'm sorry. You were new to me. And so uh, <laughs> we had fun uh, out in the lobby meeting new people, and um, what a ride. Show up off of the plane, and Pastor Daniel said, hey, get ready. We're in revival. And uh, we had a day to unpack, and then uh, we, we're about four services behind you guys, so we're at like 67 services over the last couple of days. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> but, you know, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Um, I'm so thankful that we came in the season that we did. Uh, I love the sun shining all the time. I was talking to my dad, by the way. If you're watching, Dad, happy Father's Day. Um, I, was, uh, I was talking to my dad uh, earlier, and I said, you know, the cool thing is you get out of revival, and it's still light, so you still got time to do stuff if you need to. And so uh, it's, uh, it's been an interesting uh, dynamic for us. Uh, time change has been a little rough. I think we're finally on the right time schedule, I think. And so we're going to have fun tonight. We're not going to, uh, you know, I can't say that we're not going to keep you long because Jonathan Shuttlesworth said we don't want to say that. I hurt my ankle uh, the other day in the parking lot, and they said, do you want a stool? And I said, no, Jonathan Shuttlesworth said that's not a good idea. A stool and a headset mic and tell you I'm not going to keep you real long. <laughs> I feel like I've been set up for failure, and I just got here. And so I'm going to hobble around a little bit today. Uh, I believe... Uh, <laughs> I, I, I was, I've never been hurt watching basketball before. I, I think that's how old I am. I felt extremely old. I got hurt watching. And so uh, that doesn't happen very often, but it happened to me. And so I stepped on a rock in the parking lot and uh, twisted my ankle. And so I've been hobbling around for a couple days, but um, we're going we're gonna to have some fun here tonight. I believe that God's presence is here. I believe that I believe that we are in full revival mode. And tonight I want to speak to you for a moment. I want to encourage you how to host the presence. I want to talk a little bit tonight about how we stay in revival mode and what happens when we take it for granted. What happens when we just say it's a common thing. That the presence of God will be here regardless of what I do. 
And I just want to encourage you tonight that as tired as we get, it's funny, the, the more services that we had, yeah, there was, there was laundry to be done, there was, there was sleep that got lost, but you know what, there was a supernatural something that was happening that people said, I want more. And tonight I want us to dig deep, I want us to go after more, and I want to help us and encourage us and find a way of how this happens. And so it might seem a little off in the beginning, but we're going to read a story about a guy named, and, and, and I'm not really good with pronunciations, I think it's Uzzah. Yuza, Uza, whatever you want to say. Chapter 6 in 2 Samuel, uh, I'm reading out of the, um, the ESV, so I might be a little bit different, but follow along the best you can. Uh, verse 1, it said, David again gathered all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000, and David arose and went with all the people who were with him from Baal Judah. So bring up from here the ark of God, which is called by the name of the Lord of hosts who sits enthroned on the cherubim. And they carried the ark of God on the new cart. Everybody say, new cart. New cart. And brought it out of the house mm, of Abinadab. Sounds like the Flintstones. <clears throat> Which was on the hill. And Yuza and Ahio, I think that's a Japanese word, I'm not sure, but it's there. The sons of Abinadab, I'm not sure how we say that. We're driving the new cart. Everybody say new cart. With the ark of God. And Ohio went before the ark. And David and all the house of Israel were celebrating before the Lord with songs and lyres and harps and tambourines and cymbals. And when they came to the threshing floor of Nacon, Yuzah put out his hand on the ark and took hold of it. For the oxen had stumbled. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah. And God struck him down there because of his error. And he died there beside the ark of God. Skip back with me, if you can, please, to Exodus 25. Exodus 25. Some of you might say, well, that was kind of harsh. I mean, it only looked like... Uzzah was trying to help, and God killed him on the spot that said the oxen stumbled. He put his hand out like a normal person would do and said, oh, no, and he touched it. God got mad and killed him. Go down to verse 10. Now, this is a, this is, when the ark is being built, this is God's direction to Moses and Aaron on what to, how to build it and what to use and how to treat it. And so just listen. It says, they shall make an ark of acacia wood. Two cubits and a half shall be its length, a cubit and a half its breadth, and the cubit and a half its height. You shall overlay it with pure gold. Inside and outside you shall overlay it, and you shall make it a molding of gold around it. You shall cast for rings of gold. Uh, let me start that over. You shall cast four rings of gold for it and put them on it. Four feet, two rings on one side of it and two rings on the other side. You shall make poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. And you shall put poles into the rings on the sides of the ark to carry the ark. Everybody say to carry the ark. The poles shall remain in the rings of the ark. They shall not be taken from it. 
and you shall put into the ark the testimonies that I gave you. One more scripture, if you will, quickly turn to Numbers chapter 4. Just to make sure we're all following the same story. Uh, four, four, chapter 4, verse 15. This is still talking about the ark. It says, And when Aaron and his sons have finished covering the sanctuary and furnishing the sanctuary, as the camp sets out after, the sons of Kohath shall come to carry these. But they must not touch the holy things, lest they die. These are the things of the tent of the meetings that the son of Kohath are to carry. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for tonight. Father, I thank you for an outpouring of your spirit. And tonight, Father, as we learn how to carry your presence, Father, as we learn how to honor your word, Father, I pray tonight that a supernatural fire will be birthed inside of us. Fire a revival that's not gone but is just starting. And Father, I thank you tonight that a new wind is blowing through this house. And Father, I thank you that you're doing a new thing here tonight. Have your way, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So just to recap the story, Uzzah is trying to help move the, move the Ark of the Covenant is where God's presence resides. Now, now, just to go back in time just a little bit, God's presence before Jesus had come would reside in the Ark of the Covenant. That's where, that's where the, the presence of God dwelt. Now we know after, after Jesus died on the cross, the veil was torn, and now the presence resides in this temple, correct? Are we all on the same page? But God gave strict instructions on how to handle the presence, on how to handle his presence. And he tells him, and Uzzah and his brother are getting ready to transport the Ark of the Covenant. And it says it was stored at his house. They were, they were keeping it at his house, and they were getting ready to move it to Jerusalem. And David said, hey, I'm going to get a couple guys together. And I'm going to see what we can do to make this happen. And as, there, as David says, you know what, I don't think we need the poles anymore. I know that's what God told us to do, but I got a new way. I'm, I'm going I'm to build a new cart. And it's going to have boards and big wheels. And can I tell you? That since that day, the church has been trying to usher in the presence of God with boards and big wheels, and it doesn't work. It doesn't work. God's given us specific instructions on how to operate in the presence. And David says, hey, I'm going to build an ark. I'm going to build a, a cart, and we can put the ark on it, and it'll be a lot easier, and it'll, it'll be awesome. And so he puts it on there. He takes the poles out that were specifically told to Moses and Aaron to never be removed. And he puts them there, puts the ark on the cart, and they begin to roll down the hill. And Uzzah is walking beside as the oxen are pulling the cart. The Bible says in that verse that the oxen stumbled, but it never says that the ark fell. It said the oxen stumbled, and immediately Uzzah said, wait, let me put my hand on it. But he knew that the law said, never touch this holy thing. And he began to put his hand on it, and immediately he was struck dead. 
Now, that's a scary place to be. People around are like, whoa, I don't think I want to be a part of this trip anymore. You could do it yourself. The Bible goes on to say in 2 Samuel chapter 6 that David got a little bit angry and he said, I'm not doing this anymore. He pulled it into Obadiah's house and he parked it there for three months and he had to stop and think about exactly how he wanted to get this cart. He had to go back to where it was supposed to be. And so tonight I just want to take just a moment just to refresh our memories and to kindle our hearts on. We have something super special that most churches in the United States of America do not have. We have the freedom to worship our God. We have the freedom to go after the Holy Ghost like none other. I've watched people, I've watched miracles. We watch uh, people get healed. We've watched people walk out of here. We've watched teeth grow in, eyesight's restored, ears open. We've watched a demonstration of God's power. And you know what, from what I've understood, and, and we've been watching uh, on Facebook uh, for a long time. We've, we've, we've been connected with, with Kings for a long time, and we watch until I fall asleep when I was living in Missouri. You know, when it hit about the midnight mark, I was like, oh gosh, I'm out. Uh, because of the time difference, but we were keeping up with you guys, and I was watching and, and hearing about uh, John Duke going out with his evangelist team and salvation upon salvation upon salvation, and Pastor Daniel calling and saying, hey, you know, we're up to like 600, and I'm like, man, some churches don't see that in their lifetime, and you guys are seeing it all the time. Can I tell you what happens when you see something all the time? It becomes ordinary. It just becomes the thing that we do. It becomes another day. It becomes another revival service. It becomes, oh, Perry Stone's coming. I don't know. I just had two weeks of Shuttlesworth. Do I really need Perry Stone? I've seen miracles. I've seen all this. Can I tell you that, that Uzzah? He hosted the presence of God in his house. He was around it every day. He saw it constantly. He was always with it. And he knew the law and he knew what it took to be holy. But it was in that moment that it got so common that he goes, I'll just touch it. And immediately he was struck dead. I don't want revival to start. I want it to just begin. And I want us to, as a church to realize that we can't host God's presence as ordinary. We can't come into the sanctuary and say, hey, you know what? I've done all this before. I've sang that worship song. I don't like that song. Why do they always do that song? I don't like his voice. Oh, I don't like her voice. I get distracted. There's so many different sounds in the sanctuary. I can't pay attention. You know what happens? It becomes common. It, be, it becomes ordinary, and all of a sudden, we're sitting in a place, and we say, man, 10 years from now, we'll look back and say, well, how, how did that happen? What happened? We don't have it anymore. And I'm watching, and I'm listening, and I'm observing, and we're trying to take all of this King's Chapel of Alaska in. We are trying to absorb everything that's happening. We got off the plane, and as Pastor Daniel would say, started running with our hair on fire. Burned it straight off. I got here, I had an afro. <laughs> Two days into revival, whew, burn it off, running fast. And as I read this story, and I was reading in my, in my, in my daily reading, I, I read this story, and God tugged at my spirit. And said, you know, they're getting ready to 
They're getting ready to move my presence from one building to the next. They're getting ready to take what is here. And they're getting ready to take it to a place up on a hill. And I need you to know that when you take God's presence, you have to take it the way that he's asked you to take it. We have to put it in a place that says, God, we're going to reverence it. It won't be about a big building. It won't be about popularity. It won't be about fame. It won't be about more numbers. It will be about what we started with when we reverenced your presence. I can't tell you how excited I am to be here. I can't tell you how excited I am to be a part of this tribe. Over almost two years ago, we started this process of deciding what we were going to do. We prayed and we fasted and we, we talked about what should we do. We have an incredible church family back in Missouri. Most, a lot of them are watching right now. Hey, guys. Um, they're staying up late. Love my church. Love my family. And it came a place where we, we really thought that we had heard God. And Pastor Daniel said, well, come to Maui with us in January and see what you think. And uh, I, remember, I remember calling Pastor Gary Brothers, my, my senior pastor at the time, calling him from Maui in the middle of one of the services and saying, hey, Pastor, I think I found my tribe. I found my place. And he said, I know you would. I knew you'd find them as your tribe because you flow in that same thing. And I love being here, but I don't want to ever lose. I don't want to ever dishonor. I don't want to ever irreverence the presence of God. I don't want to take the poles out of the cart because it's easier to get it over there. I don't ever want to leave this building if it means we have to leave the presence. But when we take it, we take it with us and we take it the right way. God has blessed this church. He is multiplying this church. He is doing what he prophesied over this church to do. But it is us, the church, to make sure that we host the presence, that we reverence the presence properly so we don't lose it. You might say, well, that's Old Testament. We live in the New Testament now. That's old law. And so I'd like you to just take really for a quick moment, turn to, turn to Acts. I know we've read it a lot over the last 78 days. I really don't know how many services we're in, but it sounds really good with, I mean, bigger numbers. Come on now. We count eyes, not noses. Acts 1, verse 4. It says, and while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of our Father, which he said you heard from me. John baptized you with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Jump over to Acts 2. Verse 2, it says, and suddenly... And suddenly there came from heaven the sound of a mighty rushing wind. That's his presence. He's still speaking to the church today that there's a process. 
that you do it my way. You wait on me. You don't go before the cart. You don't go before my presence. You wait on me, and suddenly, like a violent, mighty, rushing wind, I will show up, and I will change your life. But don't try to do it on your own will. Don't try to touch the cart. Don't try to make it happen on your own will. I found it fitting the last song that we sang, not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. God is ready to do great things. Not one moment can we wake up and say, God, we did church a lot last week. No, we're going to do it a lot from here on out. And as we do it, we wait upon him. And as his spirit leads, we follow. And as we follow, he'll continue to bless. He'll continue to motivate. And he'll continue to inspire. Are y'all ready for that tonight? I want to tell you this tonight. I believe that God's going to, uh, to do some supernatural things. I believe that God's going to do some miracles tonight. I believe that God's going to heal my ankle tonight. I asked him tonight. I said, God, while I'm preaching, will you just heal my ankle? And uh, so I was worried about walking up and down the stairs, but I think it's going to be okay. God's a good guy. If he can, if he can heal you off of, off of a walker, Miss Dolly, have you walk out of here. If, if, if he can do the things that I saw over the last couple of weeks since I've been here, he can surely heal any of us here tonight. But we have to make, we have to make a statement in our heart tonight that, God, we're not going to go before you. It's not going to be in our power. It's not going to be in our might. It's not going to be with what we do. But we'll wait. We'll wait just like they did in the upper room. And we're going to come fired up. We're going to invite our friends. We're going to, you know. Jonathan Shuttleworth said some bold things that none of us will probably ever get a chance to say. Probably shouldn't say. But he had some bold direction on us. And he was okay to stand up here and say, why do you invite your friends to a Jonathan meeting, a Shuttlesworth meeting, but you don't invite them to a Pastor Daniel meeting? Why do we get excited for people? We should get excited for God. And I believe tonight, I see such hungry people. I came in here tonight, and I've, I don't know your name. I can't remember. I'm sorry. But she said, I'm hungry. You guys are so hungry. I, I stepped into something that I am so honored and so blessed that my kids get a chance to be a part of this. That my little girl sat on the front row for hours up on hours sitting there just watching people getting slain in the spirit, getting baptized in the Holy Spirit, getting, getting freed from addiction, getting, getting healed. My daughter has a chance to do an internship. My older daughter here, she has to memorize, I don't know, an amazing amount of scriptures. I, don't, I, I guess they're smarter here in Alaska. I don't know. She came home, and she's like, we got to memorize 20 scriptures in two days. And I was like, good Lord, hallelujah. <laughs> well, by the end of six weeks, you should know the whole Bible. You'll be good. You, can just, you won't need it anymore. Just you know it by heart. <laughs> but you know what? 
she gets a chance to experience something that maybe she wouldn't have got to experience anywhere else. She gets a chance to be a part of something. My, my daughter loves to go to children's church. She loves to hang out with the front row crew that does a dancing medley up here. It's awesome. We can't take that for granted. This is not common. This is not ordinary. And if it becomes that to us, we'll never feel anything again. We have to come to church in a place that says, God, this is so uncommon. You're so worthy. You're so holy. You're God. I don't know who's on the, the keyboard, but if somebody wants to play a little bit, we're going to wrap up for a minute. Oh, yeah, there's, there's my boy here. He's going to get it. Isn't he so anointed? Man, I tell you what. I remember prophesying over him the last time I was here. Getting it. Come on, let's just lift our hands to heaven for a moment. Father, we thank you for tonight. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your power and we thank you for your purpose. And Father, tonight that you would be glorified, that you would be honored. Come on, just lift your voice and speak to him for just a moment. Father, tonight, Holy Spirit, that you would invade our presence. God, we worship you. Come on, his presence is here. You know, what's interesting is his presence is always here. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere at all times. The thing that needs to change is our heart needs to be receptive to his presence. Our ears need to be open to what he's saying. Our eyes need to see where he's at. He's always here. When people say, I can feel his presence, it was always here. It just means that you got in tune to what was always around you. Come on, lift your voice for just a moment. God, we give you all the praise and all the glory. Say it. 
God gives me a word for you. Actually shows me a picture of a tree that has been planted, that has been rooted for years, that's, that's been watered properly, that's strong. And God says that he's bringing the rain of his spirit on you. That he's bringing trees around you. He's bringing a forest. He's bringing disciples under you. He's going to allow you to mentor and raise up a generation of world changers. He's put the voice of Joshua inside of you. He's called you to speak truth at all costs. He's called you to be the person that always knows the way. And God's given you a discernment of character and a discernment of people. And tonight he is opening the floodgates of heaven over your life. He's given you a place. He's given you a platform that you didn't even ask for. He's elevating you because you're grounded and you're founded in the word. God says tonight I am taking you to the top. I am giving you descendants. I am building a legacy in you and through you tonight, says the Lord. sing that. Declare a thing and it will establish right now, God. Let it rain. Oh, God. Open the floodgates of heaven. Oh, God, won't you let it rain. Let it rain. Open the floodgates of heaven. talking to you about your daughter. And this came to me. God showed me this. He said, um, there, was a, there was an offense that took place years ago that brought in unforgiveness. And it's rooted deep, but God says tonight he's beginning to pull the roots of unforgiveness and offense. He's beginning to soften her heart. He's beginning to take her to a place. And God says that, trust me and know that I am God. That I wouldn't bring you out this far to take you back again. And he's heard your cry. He's heard your prayer. Now it's up to him. So Father, now in Jesus' name. anointed to be an evangelist when Jonathan Shuttlesworth called out as an evangelist in the room God pointed you out to me God's called you to win souls God's called you to go out into the middle of the streets and declare the word don't hold back don't step sideways don't look backwards 
Don't let the devil shame you from your past. You take it over and say, God, I've been forgiven. I'm restored. I'm renewed. The fire of the living God. As a double portion was passed from Elijah to Elisha, so is a double portion of evangelism passed to you. So, Father, in Jesus' name, take it now in Jesus' name. Father, that you would rain down your spirit. says this the road that you've walked in life has been a painful one it's been curvy and had obstacle courses and didn't always turn out the way you wanted it but God says that he's making the latter days better than the former he says that behold old things have passed away and behold I make all things new tonight he's beginning to, to answer your prayers that you've asked for for many years and you've always said, God, where, where, where's, I've asked, I've asked. And God says, I've heard. God says that he loves you very much. He says that he's beginning to. There's some, there's some things inside of you that cause pain that you, I don't know if it's headaches. I don't know if it's, a, if it's back or neck related. But God says he's relieving the pain in your body now. He's healing your body now. While he hears, heals your body, he's healing a broken heart. So, Father, now in Jesus' name, healed. <clears throat> I've always wanted to prophesy over you. Might as well start tonight. <laughs> I will say this, this is not a prophecy. I've never seen a man that loves his family more than you. First thing that I noticed about you is how much you love your kids. Yep. And God loves you more. Father, now. There's a dream inside of you that's been suppressed. It's a dream that you say, if I ever get there, it'll be okay. But if I don't, it's still okay. God says he wants to give you your dreams. Everything your hearts desire. God's taking you to a place where you're going to have supernatural blessings. And I know you've been blessed. You've said you've been blessed, but you haven't seen anything yet. There's things where you say, well, this is awesome. I've got just enough. I've got more than I deserve. Well, you deserve more. You deserve the best. God says, because of your integrity, because of your honesty, I'm rewarding you. I'm rewarding you from the, with the blessings from heaven. God's going to begin to pour out things on your life that you have no idea. You're actually almost going to be embarrassed that you have them. God's going to overwhelm you with finances, with things, with stuff. You're going to get crazy, crazy favor, just green lights. Oh, 
things that used to frustrate you aren't even going to matter anymore. And God said the one blessing that he's going to give you because you blessed him is he's going to bless your kids all the days of their lives. In Jesus' name. Oh, God, right now, come on, say. Father, open the floodgates of heaven tonight. for a second. I like you. I nicknamed you Visor. Because I could never remember your name and I just knew you always wore cool stuff. You've been distracted, says God. The devil's tried to pull you off course, but God says he's pulling you back tonight. God's called you to a place over the next 30 days of intimacy with him, that nothing else matters. God's called you to preach the word. I know you have other talents, you have other abilities, you have other giftings. But what God's given you, he's given you a gathering anointing. He's given you the spirit of influence. And he's given you the ability to communicate like none other. And you'll use it for one of two ways, either for God or for the devil. And God's calling you tonight. He's calling you out amongst the crowd to say, use it for me. The next 30 days are crucial in your life. It's time to say no to everything else and say yes to him. Father, tonight. Come on, lift your hands to heaven. Father, give him more. Fire him up. Give him something he can never put down. Overwhelm him with your spirit tonight. In Jesus' name. Father, tonight that you would be glorified and you would be honored. Thank you so much for allowing me an opportunity to be a part of this great tribe. I look forward to the next three months of what God has for us. 
as a family. I'm excited to do life with you guys, and I can't wait to see what God does from here on out. Amen. Y'all be blessed, Pastor Kirsten. Praise the Lord. We have just a few minutes together, but if you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're watching online, whether it's the first time or multiple times, today is the day of salvation. You are so blessed to have today to choose to make Jesus your Lord. Make Jesus the Lord of your life, the Lord of your future, the Lord of everything in your life, and then see his goodness poured out in your life. I want to urge you today, make Jesus your Lord. Let the former things pass away. Let Jesus make everything new, day by day, moment by moment. If you've never received Jesus as your Lord, I'm going to invite you to pray with me. We're all going to pray together, making a, a declaration of our faith in him. I'm going to invite you to pray with me. If you're driving, just pull the car over for a moment. And, and take time to pray with us. If you're here in the house, I'm going to invite you to pray a simple prayer. I've ministered to children for over 30 years. And we pray simple prayers. And guess what? God hears every one of them. Don't have to know big words. Don't have to know all of the theological points for God to understand you or the Greek definition for words in the Bible, for God to finally hear you pray. He hears you when you lift your voice and turn your attention to him. What a great, great promise we have. This is our confidence in approaching God that he hears us. <laughs> Come on, would you pray with me this evening on this Father's Day night? Let's talk to our Heavenly Father. Would you bow your head with me for just a moment? And would you pray this simple prayer with me? Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son, Jesus, to take my place on the cross, to die for me, for my sins, and rise from the dead to give me eternal life. I receive that gift of eternal life today. Jesus, be my Lord. Be my Savior. I believe in my heart. And I say with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. I surrender my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Lord, I thank you, God, that you hear us when we pray. Praise the Lord. One more time, would you take the hand of the person next to you? And would you bless them as they go about their work week? We do have prayer this week. Love to see you at prayer. If you commute, we have a prayer time at 6. Come and pray. Of course, we have our corporate prayer time at 7.30. Pastor Vince, would you come and bless everyone? Pray a prayer of blessing over everyone that's here and those that are watching. Pastor Vince. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the word tonight, God. We thank you, Lord, for the powerful move of your spirit, Lord. We pray, God, that all that you've deposited in, into us, Lord, we take with us tonight, God. And we will not go back the way we came, but we'll go, Lord, on the path that you've chosen for us, Lord. The path, Lord, where we glorify you, Lord, where we represent you every place we go, God. Hallelujah. Give us boldness tonight, God, 
to touch lives, Lord, for you, Lord, to tell people of your goodness, your mercy, your glory, your healing, your salvation, God. Use us today, God. Whoa, have your way in us, Lord. And we pray, God, that as we go, Lord, that you will bless and keep us. Let your light shine upon us, God. Be gracious unto us and give us peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.